This episode of Harmonics Podcast is brought to you by Mr. Telephone Man. Does your phone, tablet, or computer have a broken screen, a slow battery, bad charging ports, or a cracked back glass? Text TELEPHONE to 53100 and get Mr. Telephone Man to repair your devices. With over 200 five-star reviews, Mr. Telephone Man is the right choice. On-site service at your home, office, or coffee shop and mail-in repairs are offered with a 24-hour turnaround time. We only use high-quality parts with a lifetime warranty and serve the entire Bay Area. All iPhone screen repairs come with a free screen protector. Text TELEPHONE to 53100 to schedule a repair. Our second sponsor is the Old Town Danville Bakery. Check out danvillebakery.info for the best pastries, muffins, cinnamon rolls, pies, cupcakes, custom cakes, croissants, and breads, and ask about our tag, it menu. We deliver and take online orders for pickup, danvillebakery.info. With grace and gratitude, visit Old Town Danville Bakery. Also, visit us on Facebook at Harmonics with Gregory Correa. Thank you. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Gregory Correa, Harmonics Podcast. I got a special guest, one of the world's greatest guitar players in reggae, rock, blues. He's a world traveler. He's very, very educated on, the, on music, and his name is none other than two-time Grammy nominee, Vincent Black. How are you, Vince? All right. Yeah, Vince Black, of me. Yeah, brother. What's up, Greg? What's up, my brother? How you doing? I'm doing fine today, and it's really a special because you are the first one to come on my podcast, and it's really a, a, an honor to have you on on the phone today, and uh, you know, just talking about your musical life. So, I'm gonna get into it, and I want you to, you know, just just feel free to riff and whatever you want to do. But, uh, Vince, when uh, you're from Louisville, aren't you? Yeah, I was born there. And I grew up in Chicago. You grew up in Chicago. So, tell me a little bit about when did you actually think that you were or you wanted to play music and get your first guitar? What, how did that all develop? I was about 13, and I was, uh, I mean, we was in church. I was singing in the church choir, you know, uh -huh. in the junior choir. And I said, boy, I'd like to be a singer, but I thought I couldn't sing all that well to be a song singer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, especially after the Beatles, you know, I just saw it up and down. Like, I said, I now I know what I want to do in my life, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, that Christmas, um, that was kind of broke. My mom said, well, we can only get one present each, you know. Right. And uh, I forgot what my sister got, but I, I was standing in front of the Sears. I said to my mom, I point to a guitar, I said, that's what I want, you know. Mm -hmm. So she got it for me, and, and that's when I started 14. I started playing guitar, you know. Where at that time, I started, we also... I, I, started, I started practicing, you know, learning mm -hmm. how to play. Mm -hmm. I had some time. 
Right. So when you, you talked that you got a, a, a serious guitar, uh, who were your, at, at that age, you, you mentioned the Beatles, who was your influences at that time? It was mostly like beat, blues, stuff I listened to. I always wanted to play that. Uh -huh. But the stuff that, was, the stuff that was easiest for me to play was like, like a blues, like garage rock style blues. You know, uh -huh. like there was a band called Syndicate of Sound, and they had a tune called Hey Little Girl. Yes. And uh, that was the first tune I learned on guitar. Serious. Wow, that's wild, man. That was one of the first songs I sang, too, back in the day. Um, yeah, you remember that song? That of course. Song. Hey, little girl, I don't have to hide nothing no more, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you started doing that, and then uh, what was the name of your first, uh, your group, your first group that you got into? What, how, what, how old were you around there? Well, the first, well, you know, before I started really touring, uh, I used to play, like, uh, I was actually playing with Leo Cox for a Understand that. That's why I did my first tour. Like first show we did, like I did with guys like that warm up show in Madison. Then the first show after that, like 25, 30,000 people and stuff like that. That's know? beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. So, what made you you migrated? What you went to Arizona? Uh, or wh when did you start migrating uh, over to the West Coast? Uh, no, I came. I come to California in 1970. Right. And you know, that's why I first came to, came to California. I was living in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So then I went back to Chicago for a minute. Then I came back to, mm -hmm. back, back, back to Berkeley. And, and uh, I had a southern band, some guys, but you know, they all ended up being junkies, so the band never went anywhere. And that's mm -hmm. why I met you. you know, that's mm -hmm. why I met you and started playing with Pete. Yes. But those guys, I had a band called, we had a band called Grace. And, uh, and, and uh, but oh, the, everybody in the band, except for me, we became junkies. You know, they mm -hmm. all, those guys all got hooked on drugs and stuff. I said, nah. No thanks. You know. No thanks. Yeah, you, that's right. So then you migrated, and then you, you, you played around in Berkeley for a while, and then you actually uh, joined the band Peak. So we're going to talk a little bit about Peak. Obviously, we both know that very well, that history very well. We were together for almost uh, five years as a band. 
Tell me about that experience and tell me, you know, tell me about the players that were basically who was in the band. I know who it is, but it's your story. I want you to tell that story. No, he was after you. Jerry was after yeah. you. Yeah. You know, we, we played a lot of shows together, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some memorable ones that I thought that were pretty great because we played with some legends, uh, and we did. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the show that we did also in Washington Park in San Francisco. We played with a lot of great bands. Tell me what you, when we were playing at the same time as Eddie and Clyde Davis was there at the Long Branch. So what was that like to play with, uh, uh, when we play opened up with, uh, uh, and played with uh, Eddie and uh, Jimmy Lyons and them and, and Gene Pardue? Uh huh. I, because my friend, uh, they used to call him Mike. We're calling his name was Mike. I forget his last name. He was from Chicago. He was playing bass for Eddie. Mm -hmm. And he didn't show up one night. And so I played bass for Eddie one night out there. Mm -hmm. It was a place that, uh, it was a place Justin's brother was Harry Anger had played at one time. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of that place out in Alameda. Oh, the Crown uh, and Anchor. It might have been the Crown and Anchor. Or it could have been Scrolls. Okay, that, that, I don't know where that. Well, yeah. I, I forget the name of that place out there, but yeah, because Justin's brother used to play out there and everything, you know. Right. But Sammy Hagen was, was with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And we played out there. So I played with Eddie. So then when we played that show, so I knew I had known Eddie before. And I always liked it whenever we did gigs with Eddie. Yeah. He always say to me, "He always say to me, good to see you working," you know. So, yeah. yeah. Eddie was cool. Long Ranch, so we we played Long Ranch. We played there like oh, we played for the Earthquake. And, All of them. Yeah, yeah, earthquake. You said earthquake, stone ground. We d we opened up, a, which has really always been my beacon. We did also a show with uh, Bo Diddley and Link Ray, you know, yeah, and, you know, yeah. which was and and Charlie Musselwhite and Charlie Musselwhite. But the, but the most, ex most exclusive show we did was uh, when the residents. I think the residents had only done two or three shows ever, you know. And, right. And we and we opened up that special show. That it was the invite show just for the music industry only. Right. 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 Yeah. So that show, that show was pretty amazing. Uh, uh, I, I, I could remember what I could remember. I've asked people who've been there, and I've been talking to, you know, of all things, me and Robbie Dunbar have come become very good friends and uh, did some things with Robbie, but... Uh, I, earthquake, yes. And then I would like to... Uh, I've been putting a message out and see if anybody got photos of that photo fair, because that was attended by thousands of people, and it, that was a great show. That was a great show. Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, that was a great and show. And we had to come on, and we had to come on after the show, so that was a lot of, that was, that was a lot of work we had to deal with. 
Yeah, but, but we, we were tough, man. We were tough that day from what I could recall. I remember you flying off to my right. You came flying off the stage, coming right up. You were about five feet up in the air, just come running on, and uh, we opened up with I'm Yours. It was great, man. I don't know if we could do that again, but maybe one day we could hook up. So after Peak, you went into Peak, and then you started another band called The Wild Remain, and I was going to be the vocalist, but then I got married. Tell me about that experience, because now we're going to travel into Europe, because you were in Europe. Yeah, man, that was, that was, that was uh, well, before that, remember in 77, I did that, that tour with the Mississippi Delta Blues Band. Oh, excuse me. Yes, that's right. Tell us about that. So that, you were behind the Iron Curtain then? Huh? Did you go behind the Iron yeah. Curtain? You were behind yeah, the Iron Curtain? It was Iron Curtain in those days. Yeah. Self-Fiscue, the dictator, was, he, was a, he was a bad boy there. <laughs> yeah, I saw some things, I saw some things around there, man. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I saw some things around there, man. Mm -hmm. People over here, they talk about, they try to take away our rights just because they want to make, make, you, make you wear a mask. Right. Right. You know, they were communists, you know, they were behind the iron curtain. But it's just like those movies going places and no body, any food on, 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 the, on the counters and wow. guys with machine guns all over the place. Mm -hmm. And the people over here, they think they, they, the people over here, they have it too easy, you know. They, mm -hmm. they take too many liberties, you know. I can understand. But the, but the one thing that I didn't see over there, because there was black people there too, mm -hmm. I didn't see no racism over there. Beautiful, know? beautiful. So you were well received over there, Vince? That's pretty interesting, the, uh, the the contrast of of cultures, what you just said between the United States and, you know, a, a, a group of uh, a country that is under a, a strict dictator. We do have a lot of liberties. Uh, I just wish the fathead in the White House now get out, but we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later. So you went, you were with the Mississippi Delta Blues Band, and then you. Oh yeah, so we recorded a live album. Yeah, you, yes. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce, 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 Bruce,
Yeah. This band was playing in Stockholm, man. And mm-hmm. then we ran into him in the, in the, in the restaurant. I said, wow, man, I thought really wish we could have come and seen your show. Like, he said, man, we wish we could have come to see your show. You know? <laughs> so, so, we all, so we all had dinner. We had a late dinner together, late supper together. Mm-hmm. Really nice guy. You know, really nice guy. I'll drop some more names of some really nice people later on. And mm-hmm. I'll, 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 I'll think I'll leave off the uh, not-so-nice people. Because after that tour, you know, I moved to London, and that's when I started really going up in the music business, you mm-hmm. know. Right, right. So you you came and then you, after that tour you came back to Berkeley for a while didn't you? No, no I moved to London. Oh. I, I lived in London for a year, you know. So when did you actually when did you actually tour with Wild Remain with uh, Soren and uh, Eric? That's a, that's a couple years later. Okay. I met Soren. I met Soren. Right. Soren Bevel, who was in the Denmark, he was in Scandinavia, uh, biggest band, they were biggest band in Scandinavia, not bigger now, but they were called uh, Gasoline. Right. Which, uh, G-I-G-A-S-O-L-I-N with a comma. It didn't have an E on the end of it. And they were really, they were massive in uh, in Scandinavia. I mean, massive. Like, Alba was big outside of Scandinavia. They were big in Scandinavia, but gasoline was like, like the, the Beatles, Roll Call, Beatles, Slash, Rolling Stone version of, the, you know, uh-huh. Danish, the Danish version of Beatles, Slash, Rolling Stones. You know, they, didn't, they didn't sing in English. They sang in that. They did some songs in but they said, well, they're singing Danish. Why should we always sing in English, you know? Well, they were in Denmark, you know? Wow. But like, uh, and so I, I met Cern while we were on the Mississippi Delta Blues Band tour. Uh-huh. But, I'll, but I'll come back to him later. Uh-huh. But then, so then I was saying, because you know, before I went over, I was friends with Phil Reiner from Ben Lizzie. Right. So when, and he lived, so when I moved to London, he was living down the road from me. So I used to hang out with him all the time. Mm-hmm. Was that wild time? <laughs> Phil died too young. Oh man, you gotta get that picture. Tell me about Billy Idol. Yeah. And, uh, and Roy Wood, we used to go to his 
south and, and we hang out over there with uh, Mick Ronson, you know, because Dave was called Mick's sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mick Ronson from Davey Bowie's group, yeah. you know. And yeah. Really nice, really nice guy. Really nice. Is, is he was pretty cool, you know. They're, they're a different culture, too, huh? Different how yeah. they, they handled their, their business. They weren't necessarily like... Yeah, they, they, there was like a lot of sharing in there. So you were talking about the... You were talking about... The London music scene was massive, you know, and mm-hmm. every night something was going on. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, like, you know, especially in those days, you know, not, not too many people were making so much money, so there's nothing else to do but go out, you know, and, and people just hang around with each other, just see each other all the time, all the, all the class, everybody, mm-hmm. and whether it was big or not, everybody was hanging out on the scene with each other, and which, which they don't have anymore, you know, they don't have that anywhere in the world Yeah, it, so, yeah, um, it evaporated. And it, the punk rockers used to hang out with the reggae guys, mm-hmm. you know, and the reggae guys would hang out with some of the heavy, with the heavy, with the heavy rock guys, you know, so it was, it was a real lively, real nice lively scene, everybody knew each other, you know, everybody got, you got to meet all these people you really wanted to meet, you know. Right, right. Pals. Yeah. Your pals. And so I, the band we had, Killer Hurts, K I L L A, then H Z, like the word Hurts, you know. Uh-huh. We had shows in London. We had, we were doing pretty good. Our singer felt just real high stage at the, at the music machine, sort of sidetracked us for a while. But mm-hmm. then I came back to America. Right. And then the guy from Denmark had moved to America. And me, and, me and him and Eric, we started a band. Mm-hmm. So I, that's when I started playing with all the big reggae stuff, playing with the, the reggae scene. When the reggae scene started, we started the reggae scene. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Out of Berkeley. Right. It's called Michael, out of Michael's Den. And then from there, you know, within a couple of years, I was, I, was in, I was in Jamaica. I was playing with like all those people, like all the bands like Black Hole and, and uh, Peter Tosh, uh, uh, the Peter Tosh band. And I was, well, I was playing with, I was playing with almost all the big stars, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Right, you were damn good. Now you you were when I first when I seen you when you were playing down at uh, Michael's Den, you were actually playing bass, and then you're, the sound was. Uh, yeah. Were you yeah, playing bass yeah, or guitar? Yeah, playing bass down there. Yeah, and then you went you went to Jamaica, and then you were um, on that. How did you how how did you eventually start with uh, to play with Peter Tosh, not Peter, no, uh, Andrew, with Andrew.
that's why I started playing with Black Uhuru. I was playing with Dennis Brown and Black Uhuru and Henry. So we were in Brazil. So that's why I started playing. I was in, in, in New York. I was playing South. That's why I started playing South America all the time. We went to Africa. Went to, we went to uh, Indonesia. You know, all these, all these different people. You know, and with Black Uhuru, I got my second Grammy nomination in '94. And uh, Keith, but Keith Richard had played on the track with Black Uhuru for a long time ago called uh, Shanghai Girls. So when I was living in New York. I was going down to see the old body of the island building where I, where I was building where Island Records had, a, had their uh, had their headquarters. Right. And, and 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 Keith saw me out though. He looked out the window and saw me. He ran outside. Hey, uh. And so I went over to him. He was giving a tour for uh, New Barbarians when he had his solo. Soul yeah, project. exactly. And I met Steve Jordan, his drummer. The drummer used to be on the David Letterman show. Oh, he had and, Steve uh, Jordan with him. Yeah. That was a long time ago. And, uh... How was Keith Richard as a person? Oh, great guy, man. That's great. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really great guy. Mm -hmm. You see... Like I said, he came running, he came running out to get me. He, like, some, people, some of these guys, some people you can't talk to, but he just, hey, you know, invited me to rehearsal. So I, I said, man, I can't say Keith, I was looking at my class, all I have is this little joint. You know, and I said, I want to get stopped, get stopped doing dope. Uh -huh. well, he said, he said, that's all right, he reached his doctor back, brought this big, big piece of black ass, you know, big, big slab, or like about two feet miles, but he said, here, yeah, yeah, he was a, he was a great guy, man, uh -huh. nice thing around with, nice thing, nice thing around with, so he was living, he was living up in Connecticut, he had bought a band up in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Did you ever go up there was, with him? You know, no, no, yeah, I, you don't go to people's private right, life. Right, right, yeah, that's it. Right. Cafe, you don't go to people's mm -hmm. life like that. That's interesting. But like you, but he was always in New York. I used to hang on with Flo and Eddie. Remember the Turtles? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Flo and Eddie, they had a radio show up, going up, and, and uh, the record company, I uh, went with Soul Syndicate and Max Edwards. Flo and Eddie, they called Flo and Eddie from when they were with uh, Zappa. Yeah. And they, they, had a, they had a show up there, so I, I knew those guys go up there. You know, everybody, everybody knew everybody, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And like, I'm not a big name like those guys, but they, they see you, and you work with them, or you're in the same way or something. Right. You know, they respect you. Honest, yeah, the people who... It's, it's not too many of those people who are like really jerks. Like, I'm not going to mention certain women pop artists' names or women, certain people's names that mm. won't talk to anybody who thinks they're too, too exclusive and everything. Mm -hmm. But most of those guys like that are pretty cool, you know. Uh -huh. You know, most of those guys are pretty... Especially if you knew them when they were coming up, you know, and then they say, oh, well, this is somebody who I knew from before they don't shine or nothing. Right. So all those guys... Uh huh. So when you what is you know you you travel you travel the world, you've met a lot of different people. What is Vince Black doing now? What are you doing? Or when was the last time you actually performed live on stage? What is, what is the direction Vince wants to do or Vince Black doing in the in the future? What are, what are, what are you up to right well, my, now? Well, my last shows I was in Brazil. I had said they, they brought me out to Brazil to do some shows. Uh huh. So my, my busy. Mm hmm. How was that? Good. 
you know, they're going up playing Brazilian music. So that minds are open. Everything was like, you know, some places, some music, they only play one kind of music. Right. They just. Those Brazilians are, those Brazilians are pretty good with the music. Uh-huh. And how long did you stay down in Brazil, you said? I first started going down there in 91. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right. Plus, you know, I'm not from there, but you go down these places for a while. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, so what, I, but I, what I always find, like with young musicians, when I meet young musicians, I always encourage them to just keep practicing and stay true to yourself, and, mm-hmm. and always like you know, don't try to limit yourself to one kind of music, you know. Right. But, but to keep your integrity, like I tell my told my son, whatever, but to keep your integrity when you go into business and, and keep your mind on it. Don't let yourself get crazy with drugs. killed a lot of the great musicians that we and I both grew up with. You know, uh, in your lifetime, you've, you have really covered a lot of spectrum of music. You've enjoyed it all. What would you say is your most enjoyable? When, when you're at home, what do you listen to at home? What do you, when, you, when it's just Vince Black and just yourself or your lady or whoever's there, what do you listen to, Vince? Or are you creating? Or? At this present time, are you writing songs, or are you, what do, what do you just, are you mixing around at home, or are you, you know, sparring yourself, I, what are you doing? I have, al- I have an album that's ready to come out, mm-hmm. that's going to come out here pretty soon, and then I'm, I got a couple more albums written that I just got to wait for this pandemic to go, which I can get to the studio and record mm-hmm. it, you know? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right now, I'm not taking any chances, you know? No. Yeah, no, everybody has, should be, you know, I mean, we have, uh, you know, obviously, you know, in California, we're burning here. I think we're going to be a desert. So before we close, Vince, is there anything else would you like to talk about because of, uh, you know, what? Well, I always, always felt that music should say something, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, love songs are nice, you know, and, and, you know, thinking about your car is all right, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you get to music, Yes. Uh, or, or, or being silly, just, you know, devils and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it, it's, it's like, that's like 
Right. You know, that's, that's like somebody saying, well, I'm going to entertain you. Because like one of my videos, the guy, when they, when they were talking, they said, well, let's have a meeting. He said, I'm going to do video. And the first thing, this guy who's going to help uh, direct the video is, well, I think so we got the stage and we can get these dancing girls. I said, no, I'm not, brother. I said, I don't, I don't represent my cat. Or to say something like me. None of my, my songs are all about God, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. But my songs are about social, about improving yourself, or... It's not really, it's not, it's not, it's not really uh, rudimented in everything. A lot of it's just flash, really. A lot of it's flash. You know that. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it, it's like the early rap music is either party music, but it's okay for people to party, parties. Mm-hmm. Or, but they were saying something about what was happening in the streets, mm-hmm. or what's happening with this, or what's happening with that, and they were telling their story. Right. You know? Yeah, blue. So in, in closing, I'm going to ask you this. And you've played all genres of music. Why is blues still so important in all our lives, blues and jazz and rock? Because blues is the foundation of it. I mean, before there was jazz, there was blues. Right.
Oh. Will hire in any heavy metal show. Right. And when the, when, when when Lady Bo came out playing guitar. Oh yes. She had the big Afro wig on, the big blonde Afro wig on. Yeah. And that and that pink catsuit. Yes. Yeah. She can do that. Yes, she could do that. Right. That's where it came from. Right. That's, that's, that's came from, you yeah. know. Yeah. That so it, when you keep your mind, when you keep your mind open to all kind of music, but that's why blues because blues sing and the blues is like country. It, it was the same was like country music. They're telling a story. Yes, they're telling and a story. My baby, I love you. <laughs> I can look at the stars. And they're telling a story. Blues are telling a story. Right. You know, right. Country music tells a story. These basic, these what these these these, these, these what called roots music. They're telling a story. Oh, they do love that music. You know, in closing, um, and it's been a great interview with you, um, real, real quick, that, that, that show was probably, that's always been my beacon, and I, I wish to this day that uh, if you ever get an opportunity to get that picture of you and I when we were youngsters with Bo Diddley, because he's my beacon. I've said it numerous times. He's my light. You've been my light for, all, for over 45 years, man. My, my family, Marco, told me to tell you he loves you, Karen. My mom... Uh, all of us love you, man, and, and uh, it's great to hear you on my show. I'm glad that you're the first on the podcast, and, and God love you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go, and uh, I'll be talking to you in, in, in a couple days, if not sooner. I might be calling you in about 20 minutes or an hour after I get done. But, uh, hey, God love you. May God always be with you, and stay healthy and stay safe, Vincent, and uh, I love you as a brother. You know that. Hey, and that's why we're closing it. Well, I'm telling you, I love you as a brother. You already know that. May God bless you, and uh, we'll see each other again. Um, and thank you so much, Vincent, for being my, my guest today. All right, my brother. Take care. Okay, peace. Peace and love to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>